Welcome to Astrology Today, coming to you not quite live uh, from Powell River in the Sunshine Coast, which is situated on the traditional lands of the Klaaman Nation. I will be your host, Maureen Reed, and my co-presenter here is also here. Jill, say hello. Oh, I'm, I'm alive, at least. Yay! <laughs> and we are both astrologers who... Yes, we are, yeah. And we are taping this on November the 8th, right in the middle of, you know, like Mars getting in the face of Saturn and Mercury or, you know, it's yeah, kind of messy out there. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, not not good. Uh, and an example of what happens when the gas is on and you hit the brake at the same time is that hugely unfortunate event that happened down in Texas where the crowd surged and, what, eight people, ooh, yeah, got crushed, which is, unfortunately, that is a very graphic um, example of what Mars and Saturn can, unfortunately, produce. But, um, so we're not going to talk about them, though. <laughs> we are going to talk about nuance. And a nuance is a subtle difference in a shade of meaning or expression or characteristic or vibe. And so for the budding astrologer who, um, if you're coming down the uh, Hellenistic road, uh, which has more of a um, predisposition to uh, fate and fortune, okay? So, you know, when you're cruising through your chart and you're looking at, you know, do I have a happy planet or is it a sad planet or is it an unfortunate planet, then there is this desire to possibly go further in, down some rabbit hole, to see if you can't, make that planet a little happier or litter a little more well off or um, another classic way in astrological terms that they put it is finding those mitigating factors that are just going to make it all turn out wonderfully. Yes. So to that end, um, I actually listened to a webinar um, this weekend on uh, what is called the Egyptian Bounds slash terms slash confines, depending on who is working with them and how they're describing them. So um, I kind of... Beg your pardon? Sounds very Saturnian. It does, doesn't it? Um, And in my original studies of uh, the Hellenistic uh, system, and I took the course through Chris Brennan, he he does allude to them, and he does have like kind of a page and a half or so about them, but he does not use the technique himself because he is very much geared to understanding the rationale behind something. And to date, in terms of the um, translations that are happening um, with the ancient texts, uh, no one has yet discovered the uh, rationale behind um, the Egyptian bounds slash terms slash confines. So, um, but there are those people who looked at that and went, ooh, that looks kind of interesting. And my suspicion is, is at the back of their mind, there's like, 
maybe there's a mitigation in here for me. It's going to make a certain combination just that much easier to deal with. So, uh, <laughs> so in defined in Greek astrology, it is the unequal subdivision of each sign of the zodiac, which is allotted certain spans of influence from as little as two degrees to eleven degrees to the five traditional planets, excluding the sun and the moon. Okay, so it creates sort of a spatial, territorial boundaries, and it is most significantly crops up when um, the ancients talk about determining the length of life. Um, but there is such a controversy around the different ways of determining the length of life, and astrologers currently in the Hellenistic tradition who have tested this out um, do not get good results. And I suspect the reason for the length of life technique not working is, of course, 2,000 years ago, they didn't have the medical advancements that we have now, right? And so, you know, things, you would die of things back then that you definitely don't die of now. Anyway, that's one rationale for it. But, but people looked at this and went, well, I wonder... <laughs> And again, my suspicion is, is that um, they were looking for these mitigations. So what you do is you take the planet where you find it in your chart, the degree, and then you look at the bounds. And, you know, in theory, what you want is you want, let's say, the planet Mars to be able to do Mars things. And so if Mars happens to be in the bounds of Mars within a sign, then it's really going to be able to be Mars and so on. If Venus is in the bounds of Venus, Jupiter, et cetera, et cetera. Um, now, the other piece that the Hellenistic people will add into that is if it's a night chart, then you don't want to find a, a, a planet that's in the bounds of the malefic that is not of the sect in favor. So in a night chart, you don't want to find a planet in Saturn's bounds. Whereas in a day chart, you don't want to find a planet in Mars's bounds. Okay. Right? And so with the benefics, right, you want to find, if you're in a night chart, you want to find Saturn in Venus's bounds, because that will help mitigate bad old Saturn. And in a day chart, you're going to want to find Mars in Jupiter's bounds. Again, it's going to mitigate how, you know, stressful Mars is in a day chart. Everybody got that? <laughs> she goes, good. <laughs> okay. So the next nuance level that we can get into um, is decans. And decans or faces, that's another way that it's called, um, this was again found in early Hellenistics and they were mostly only used, or at least the references that have been found so far, to add another dimension to the rising sign. So the degree that the rising sign was in, um, you know, so what they did is they took uh, the signs and divided into equal 10 degree slots, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. 
And, you know, so for instance, if you had, uh, let's see, what degree is your Libra? Oh, right. Same as mine, but opposite. So the last 10 degrees of, I do have a definite chart. What did I do? Yes. So the last 10 degrees of Libra is Jupiter. Lucky you. But you're a night chart, so it's not entirely the greatest benefit, but it's still better than not being a benefit. <laughs> and so I'm happy to report that my Aries rising is in Venus's decan. So that's got to help. <laughs> At least for a woman, anyway. I don't know about a guy. A guy has, you know, the last 10 degrees of Aries rising. Having Venus as the decan on the ascendant would be... Might, might help to soften it. A little more diplomacy to the... Yes. For me, I think it missed that, though. Because yeah. cause I'm not incredibly um, diplomatic. Yeah. Anyway, so um, on the website, I am, so let me just see if I can share that screen. Ah, let's see what comes up when I do this. No. Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> yep, Ravi Shankar. We did, and that was not what I wanted to get. Okay, I'm going to stop that share, and I am going to put this one up, and then I'm going to come back to this, and I'm going to share. And so now I should get the right one. No. Oh, wait a minute. Nope. There it is. I'm still seeing Ravi. You're still seeing? Okay. Well, forget that. Anyway, <laughs> so on the website, um, Stop sharing, Maureen. There you go. On the website, you will find uh, PDFs and that you can click and download, um, but you will also just see visual graphics of uh, the decans and the um, bounds and terms and confines that the Egyptians produced. And if those two scenarios don't provide you with what you're looking for, <laughs> mitigation, help, help, I need help, um, you can turn to the 12th parts, which um, this, believe it or not, goes way back even before the Hellenistic folks um, and into Mesopotamia. They were actually taking the 30 degrees, dividing it up by 12, you know, so we get, uh, you know, so from zero to 2.5 degrees, uh, and then from 2.5 to five and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. Seen, you have seen that kind of division used in, in Western astrology as well. And I yeah. haven't looked at it for years, so I can't really recall too much about it. But it, again, it's just, it's adding subtlety to. Exactly. A level of nuance to a description. And but this is nuance vis-a-vis just by sign, right? And so the first 2.5 degrees of any sign is the sign itself, and then it follows in the regular order, right? That makes sense because you yeah. everything contains everything else, all the parts of the thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, holographic would be a way to put that. Yeah. yeah. So did I write down anything else about that? 
Yeah, so microzodiac goes all the way back to Mesopotamia, um, yields hidden conditions for a planet or a point by the shape of the ruler of the sign within a sign. So um, in interpreting it, um, you go to, so let's say the planet falls in, um, you know, like Cancer, and it's 13 degrees of Cancer. So that would be Cancer Scorpio. So you would look at the condition of the ruler of Scorpio, which would be Mars, as to whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing. Right. Yeah, so it, it starts to get, it's a wormhole. One yes. just has to recognize, and so you're not going to do this unless you're desperate, I think. <laughs> Which is, or you know, it's, or just curious. Or just curious, yes, exactly. So I thought, um, I don't know why I picked these two people, but they just did pop into my head, and so I have two examples which I am going to attempt to share because I did have Rabbi come up here. Let's see if I can get him to come up again. Okay, so can you see him? I see Rabbi again. Yay! Let me do him in the one that shows the Egyptian bounds, which would be this one. So can you see that? Did that come up? Uh, with the, yes, yes. yes. Yay! So, um, I did one guy who I would say, you know, has taken his chart and, um, used it in, you know, what most people would say is a really healthy way. <laughs> um, and if we look at it, we can automatically, you know, just with regular astrological glancing, um, see the kind of, um, gift that he had in his music. I actually went to see this guy. Yeah. Um, pardon? You did. I, yeah. yeah, I went to see him at uh, the Albert Hall in London, England, uh, and heard him play, but I was transported, and I can remember the beginning and the clapping at the end. What happened in between? Uh, yeah, yeah. So spiritually, he took me somewhere, and I don't really have a lot of memory of that. <laughs> but I'm sure it was dazzling. Anyway, you just you look at this chart and you go, "Wow, Jupiter, Neptune conjunct in Leo. Um, he has an Aries rising. Uh, so in the Hellenistic model, that does put it uh, in the fifth house. This is not a terribly accurate chart, though. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's there too." Quite a powerful kite. Yes. And, you know, Nep, um, uh, the Neptune, or not Neptune, but the Pisces connection of Mercury, Venus. Um, yeah, just spiritually transporting people through music. Um, and deeply with that Moon and Scorpio, Mars and Scorpio. So let's go down the rabbit hole with his charts. So um, uh, we're just going to take each piece and see if it adds any interesting information to what is already sort of obvious within the chart. So I'm going to start. I'm just going to do the seven traditionals. I'm not going to include the outer planets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because 
probably wouldn't respond to this technique, I don't. Okay, so we have uh, Sun and Aries. So in the Egyptian bounds, that's Mercury. So the, you know, what if his son is what he's projecting out there in the world in terms of the light of his soul, uh, then Mercury is going to aid in doing that. Um, and that kind of, given what he's done, makes sense, right? So that, you know, it just sort of confirms. Now, in terms of decans, uh, that sun is in its own decan, okay? And so that, the light of the soul going to be easier to shine because the sun can be sun really easily. And then when we go to the uh, 12th parts, it's Virgo. So the fact that Mercury is back there at Egyptian bounds, that's sort of kind of, we've got sun, sun, Mercury, Mercury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that makes sense. We come to the ascendant, uh, which is 20 degrees of Aries. And from the Egyptian point of view, this was Mars. Okay. Um, and we can see it here on the screen. So for those who are listening to this on Saturday, if you go to my website, which is cardinalastrology.ca and you go under the radio tab and you go down to um, episode 108, which is what this one is, you can pull up his chart as well and just follow along. Okay, so the um, Deccan is ruled by Venus. So although this is um, an Mars, Mars, Right, because Aries is ruled by Mars, and this is the Mars Egyptian bound. So, you know, one's um, ability to bring forth, like Air, Mars is like action; it's doing. Right, it it doesn't have any restrictions on that doing because this is an ascendant. Would you Would you agree? You oh yeah, have, yeah. And the ruler of Mars is, is up at its own. Yeah, it's in its own sign, so it's it's a happy Mars. It's well, the Mars part of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, but fortunately, it's softened a little bit by that Venus, and this is in the Deccan of Venus. Now, when we come to the twelfth part, this is just way too cool. The twelfth part is Scorpio. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we're not the first two pieces and there's no blocks to the expression that we're seeing. Okay, so the next one I looked at is Jupiter. And, of course, Jupiter is in an unusual scenario. It is conjunct its uh, modern day ruler of Pisces because Jupiter rules Pisces traditionally. um, And those two are, are conjunct. Uh, same degree, which is kind of amazing. So Jupiter at eight degrees of Leo is in the bounds of Venus. And Venus itself is sitting over there in a Jupiter ruled sign. Right? So that's a good thing. Uh, next we have in the Deccan. Now it's in the Deccan of Saturn. and But this is a day chart. And so Saturn is a doable malefic, 
Um, but we'll need to see what sort of shape Saturn is in when we get there. Um, so that's one piece that would have to be developed because it's sort of not natural, Jupiter and Saturn together, although they're on the day team for a day sec chart, but yeah. But then we come back to Venus because in the 12th part, eight degrees is Libra ruled. Yeah, yeah, just do, 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 do. Okay, so now we're going to come to that Saturn. So, and I should say that Mercury in Pisces, from a traditional point of view, is fallen in Pisces. It's, but that's only if you want that Mercury to be rational. <laughs> if you don't need it to be rational, then it's a happy camper. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, and, and with the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction in Leo, you've got so much imagination going anyway. Yes, yes. If you can find some way of I know. Yeah. capturing it with Mercury, because it can be a little hard to slip reading. <laughs> yes, yes. And <clears throat> I think we could both agree that having Saturn in Virgo, if you can develop the discipline, this is discipline to an exacting level, right? So he applied it to one of, apparently one of the most difficult instruments to learn to play, which is the, what is it he plays? The sitar. That's it. Yeah. And also Mars sextiling Saturn can help. Yes. Yeah. Hard work are us. Yeah. Yeah. And Saturn working with Mars cooperatively as it does in a, in a nice blue aspect like that. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And the bonus. This is the discipline. Yes. Exactly. And this Saturn. Okay. So it's in, um, in terms of its bounds, it's in Mercury's bounds. So it's got to find a way of channeling that Mercury. And its decan is the sun. And we already know that the sun is very well placed and the sun is also working with Mercury. And so the final piece, the 12th part, is guess what? Libra. So it takes us back to that Venus, right? So I don't think music was ever an option for this guy. <laughs> Had to be something aesthetically pleasing. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we come up to the Mars. So Mars is in its own sign of Scorpio. So we know it's happy. And I just realized that I did not set a timer. <laughs> Crap. Azola yeah. on the live radio. She is. I have a clock. It's okay. Okay. So do you know when we started? Yes, we started at three o'clock. Oh, we did. Oh, perfect. Okay. Because we have to do 58 minutes. All right. I'll let you keep track of that. How's that? Thank you. Good. Thank you. Oh, it's so nice having a co-presenter. Okay. My concern with the Jupiter-Neptune would be if he's if he gets sidetracked, he could, you know, the drug thing and all that stuff could be a problem. Oh, yes. Yes, it would be. It would be. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. As well, oh. as same with the Mercury-Venus. I mean, Pisces is not bad, and it's not always that, but when it's emphasized so much. Exactly. Yes. It's the danger always. 
Uh, my suspicion is he got lost in his music as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so back to the Mars. Mars is happy. It's in Scorpio. And it's in the bounds of Mars. So this is Mars able to be Mars, and we are a sun in Aries, right? Mm-hmm. So this is in its decan. It's also in its Mars decan. Mm-hmm. So this is Mars, 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 Mars. And the final piece, the 12th part, is Sag. Mm-hmm. So it takes us back to that Jupiter. Mm-hmm. Now, the moon at the end of Scorpio, 27 degrees, is in the bounds of Saturn. Okay, so that developing, that discipline, going to be a must. Um, It's in the decan, though, of Venus. Okay, and it's in the 12th part of Libra. Yeah, so again, emphasis on that Venus. You also got in training. Yes, yes, they are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, now the midheaven, um, if this is a reasonably accurate birth time, uh, is in Capricorn at 14 degrees. And this is a the bounds of Venus. Um, so again, we're back to that Piscean circuit. It is in the decan of Mars, and Mars is exalted in Capricorn. So, yeah. That helps. And in terms of the 12th part, this is Taurus. Right? So we've got Libra, 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 Taurus. Okay, now we come to, you know, the two which could be a problem, which is uh, Mercury at 22 Pisces and Venus at 23 Pisces. Um, Okay, so uh, they are both in the bounds of Mars. Okay, they are both in the Deccan of Mars, and they are both in the sign of Scorpio. I'm just like, (laughs) when I looked at this and I just went, wow. (laughs) So if, if in going down these rabbit holes, you also see statements being repeated. So in, in astrology, there's sort of that. Yeah, the rule of three. And yeah. So in his chart, yeah, um, we didn't say see really anything that um, was disruptive of these planets in these positions being able to be themselves well, as long as the road went right. Right. Because like you were saying, I mean, with this kind of emphasis on Jupiter, Neptune and uh, Venus and Mercury and Pisces, if he hadn't been introduced to music, but something else that he could have gotten lost in, then he could have gotten lost really well. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And, and the Mars square to Jupiter, Neptune. Could yeah. Be. Could be problematic. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Now, the next character that we are going to look at, and Jill, you're going to tell me if it switches charts. Did it switch charts? Yes. Yes, we we have someone who, unfortunately, went down the wrong side of the road. 
And why this guy's name came to my mind, I have no idea. We're just going to go with it, though. So the next chart that I thought I would use as an example is Ted Bundy, um, who obviously had a troubled vice and did some what socially is considered not terribly acceptable things. Being a serial killer is not generally thought of as being... Yeah, socially acceptable. Yeah, not so much. Um, And this chart is set up in uh, Jill's preferred style, which is Placidus. Okay, so from my point of view, it is a night chart. And so the planet that is most difficult is Saturn in a night chart. Mm -hmm. Um, And the benefic that's not able to do as much is Jupiter. Um, And so Mars is the more functional malefic, and Venus is the malefic that can be helpful. But what one can notice is, like the other chart, we have a Venus-Mercury conjunction, but they're both retrograde. And my suspicion is is that actually did play into, uh, you know, what happened to this guy. Yeah, I think there's a number of... uh Things you would look at. Yeah, yeah. And so my curiosity is, and again, this is, you know, about going down rabbit holes, is do the rabbit holes show anything that supports the downside of where this guy went or, you know, yeah. Okay, so again, I'm just going to go through the traditionals and I will start, um, yeah, with the rising. And so... Um, we'll start with Saturn. It is in the 12th house. Now, normally in, um, I don't know if in modern terms they acknowledge that Saturn likes its joy is in the 12th. Yeah. I don't know. Um, certainly Vedic, Vedic astrology does. Yes, Vedic does, yeah. Um, in Hellenistic, this would have been considered Saturn in the first, though, but yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we will start with the bow. Since mine's in the 12th, I'll, I'll go with that it's, it's a happy place for... Exactly, <laughs> it's, yes, and that's what we do. <laughs> okay, so Saturn is at 8 degrees of Leo. It is in the bounds of Venus. That's, so, the, same, that's the same degree that Ravi Shankar had as Jupiter. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Maybe that's why his name popped into my head when I thought of Ravi Shankar. I'm not not entirely sure why those names popped in, but that is what popped in. Well, you know, things pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it is in the bounds of Venus, and Venus isn't entirely happy. Um, Like Ravi Shankar's Venus was exalted in Pisces, this uh, uh, Venus is in her fall, opposite Taurus, and she's also retrograde. So, yeah, not entirely happy. So, in Leo, um, this Saturn is in its own decan. So, this is the um, the malefic that is not of the sect in favor. So, very difficult to work with this Saturn. And it's Saturn able to be Saturn. And then in terms of the 12th parts, this is Saturn in Scorpio. Yeah, which 
that's maybe not a good thing. Well, and in Western, he's conjunct Pluto things. Yes, yeah, exactly. He's also retrograde, which one of the readings for Saturn in in retrograde is that the father is either ineffectual or unavailable or just gone. Yeah, yeah, not able to set an example. And in Leo, it would have needed an example. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so now we'll look at the Ascendant, which is, and this is apparently a double A rated chart. So, yeah, apparently we have an accurate birth time. So, um, this is 24 degrees of Leo, and it's in the bounds of Mars. Yeah, which is maybe not a good thing. It's also in the Deccan of Mars, and in terms of the 12th parts, it's in Aries. So this is Mars, 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 and more Mars. And so we're going to hope when we get down to Mars that Mars has a bit of help. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. Okay. So the next piece is Jupiter. And we have Jupiter at 13 degrees of Scorpio. It is in the bounds of Venus. So we're back to that Venus. And we already kind of said Venus isn't entirely happy where she is. It's in the Deccan of the Sun. So we'll have to see how well the Sun is placed. But it's in the 12th part of Aries. So we need that Aries, that Mars, to be really functional. Sure. Yeah. So now we come to Venus. Again, in Western astrology, it's squaring that Pluto-Saturn. Yes, it is. Yeah. Pulling that 12th house. If, if yeah. Yeah. From a Western perspective, this is not looking good. No, because 12th house, it can be your house of self undoing. It's, yeah. Know, yeah. And, and there can be a lot of darkness with Saturn and Pluto. I mean, yes. Can be abuses, you know, early, early. And, you know, yeah. Kind of thing. So, which yeah. would probably explain how we turned out. But yes. Yeah. Okay, so now when we come to Venus, we've already said that she's in her fall in Scorpio. She is retrograde, so she's not functioning at her best. Um, and she is in the bounds of Mars. Okay, although this chart, it doesn't look like it. Yeah, yeah. from a Western perspective, I think that, that Venus, Mercury, and Scorpio, given that his crimes had a sexual... Uh-huh. Yeah, so actually she's in the bounds of Jupiter. She's yeah. not think, in the bounds of... Yeah, I think there could be a tendency to obsess with that sort yes. of energy, especially with Pluto on the ascendant. Yes. Yeah. So it could be a, an obsessive kind of focus. Yeah, and Jupiter, of course, just makes that get bigger. Yeah. Okay, in terms of the Deccan, she's in the Venus Deccan, so that's sort of... However well Venus is functioning, she's just going to keep going down that road. And it is in the 12th part of Gemini. Hmm. Which enhances the conjunction with Mercury. Yeah, exactly. So Mercury is four degrees further on. He is retrograde um, in Scorpio. Not necessarily a bad thing. But it is in the bounds of Saturn. And uh, we've already sort of looked at Saturn and gone, yeah, maybe not entirely happy. Still in the Deccan of Venus, 
Um, but now this pulls in the moon. Uh, so the twelfth part is cancer. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now we come to the sun. And uh, the sun is in um, Sagittarius at two degrees. This takes us back to that Jupiter, uh, the bounds of Jupiter. And like Jill was saying, we have this Jupiter square uh, to Pluto, which... And yeah. of course the sun also rules that Leo ascendant, which is not, yes. not a particularly happy ascendant with Pluto sitting on it. Exactly, exactly. Um, and, okay, so where was I here? Okay, so, and... Um, the Deccan is Mercury. Um, so, you know, if the mind had been able to understand what was going on inside of him, but maybe not so much because that was connected to that moon. Well, and as that, you're not going to have a lot of introspection, I think. No, no, you're not. Exactly. And it's in its 12th part is Pisces. Yeah, so it takes us back to that Jupiter again. Mm-hmm. Okay, now Mars, the because um, he did sort of well. It, was he the one that ate people? I think he was. Didn't mm-hmm. he? No. Yeah. Then cut them up and put them in the. No, no he didn't do that. But he, oh, he didn't. He okay. did certainly. I think do a, a little bit of mutilating with. Yes. So the Mars is very. Yeah, didn't really use the Mars in a good way. Yes, <laughs> the South Node again, which is, yeah, can pull you back into um, so the, the the past that I don't know. There may be some past life stuff, or yes, or, or just his early early life. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So Mars though is in uh, Venus's bounds. So, again, if that Venus can be, you know, pulled into something functioning, which, you know, it's tied up in that Jupiter, and this is a Sag sign, which is ruled by that Jupiter. So, um, it's in the Deccan of the Moon, okay? And like you say, there's not a lot of introspection with a Sag moon. And it's in the 12th part of Mars, so if we've got a well-functioning Mars, it's going to do Mars really well. But if we don't, ouch. Well, yeah. it's also conjunct the moon, which makes yeah. really a lot of emotional volatility. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, um, for those that are looking at this chart, um, you will immediately notice that the moon Mars is opposite Uranus. Yes. Yes. Which would make it very explosive when it's ready to go. You're not going to stop it. Yes, exactly. Okay, so the final traditional planet is the moon uh, at 17 Sag. It is in the bounds of Mercury. So again, if he could see himself clearly which we don't think he did. Um, it's in the Deccan of the Moon as well, and it's in the 12th part of Mercury. So this is a Mercury-Mercury again. Yeah. Yeah. So, unfortunately, his, you know, going down the rabbit hole in this guy's chart didn't really add any nice mitigating sound. No, it's, 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 it's a part that, that would, would need, you know, sizable mitigating 
Yes. Yeah, factors to pull it out of the yeah. Yeah. dark hole that it descended into. And particularly, I mean, I, I suppose if you had an especially nurturing environment, you know, positive parenting kind of thing. But the aspects themselves indicate that that's unlikely. Yes. And, you know, with Uranus being the only opposition, um, this turns into a, like I think they call this pattern, a train led by that Saturn. That Saturn is not happy conjunct Pluto. Um, and, you know, you get caught in um, without any perspective, except when he did get perspective, it's shocking. Yeah, I'm sure when he, you know, got caught and got, um, you know, pulled in by the cops, that that would have been a huge shock. Well, yeah. he, he had, the other thing he had was a lot of charisma, I and mean, that's why he was able to do what he was able to do. Yes. He charmed people, and yeah. people who knew him were, were indeed shocked because they always thought he was a great guy. Yes. Yeah. You know, he had a girlfriend and everything, and she didn't know. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, no, wow. No, they had a, what seemed to be a fairly normal relationship, and so she didn't know. But wow. Yeah, no, so he, he kind of had, yeah. And I actually, apparently he was able to change his appearance, or his appearance would change, like even his eye color and stuff. So he, there was something going on there. Right. Maybe that Plutonian energy, I don't know, but. Yes. Because it's very strong with the aspects to Jupiter and Mars. Yes, it I is. Know, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. Mars trine Pluto and Jupiter square. Exactly. The degree. So. Yeah. Yeah. So then with Mars, it's like it's in two minutes. So it's really. Yes. That trine. So that that Mars energy again, if it was you know, uh, not Pluto, because <laughs> Pluto, <laughs> you know, Pluto and Mars have a lot in common, being that one's the modern ruler. Again, yep. it takes it back to that scorpionic, yes, obsessive and um, and yep. dark. The potential for darkness is exactly, yeah. And you know, I've I've often commented whenever Mars and Pluto get together um, that you know the person is handed a relatively big stick, and um, you know if they aren't taught to wield it in a healthy way, yeah. Yeah, and I suspect with that Mars Moon conjunction that, you know, he may well have been abused. Yes. Self sexually, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so much energy in Scorpio and the fourth house. Yeah. I you know Yeah. Yeah. You know I would I would suspect some some dark secrets with Scorpio on the fourth and Pluto in the twelfth like that. Yes. Yeah, I would agree. Oh, and I didn't talk about the MC. So the MC um, is, because this is an accurate chart, it's at 16 of Taurus. So that's naturally ruled by that Venus. Um, it's in the bounds of Jupiter. So again, that obsessiveness comes through again. Um, it's in the Deccan of the Moon. Mm. And it's in the twelfth part of Scorpio. Right. Yeah, more yeah. Scorpio. Yeah, more, just, more, just what he needs, more Scorpio. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, yeah, ultimately that's sort of what he was known for, was that the yeah. negative 
energy that we associate with the sign Scorpio. Yes, you know. And but not all of us are mass murderers. I have no. to say, I haven't. I killed the odd bug. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> and some people, I mean, some people, you know, he had that Sagittarian piece, and some people saw him going far in politics. You know. Oh wow! Well, yeah, because he would have had the charisma for that. Yeah, charisma, and like I say, people thought he was a great guy. They, they, you know, he was charming. He, he knew how to do that. You know, and that's some somewhat Sagittarian piece, right? Yes. Yeah. So you know, yeah, it's yeah, and powerfully because of the triangle. Uh, yes, very powerful. Pluto is, you know, power. So he, yeah, again, he did learn how to use power in a positive sense, <laughs> obviously. Obviously, but, yeah. You know, I don't think, yeah, whether he was born that way or he was, you know, I suspect. Shaped, he, yeah. I suspect there's a lot of the absence of nurture that's there. I mean, Moon, Moon Mars conjunct in Sag doesn't speak to me of a warm, cuddly mama. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And the kind of freedom that it would have wanted um, with Sun Sag, um, yeah, you would, it would have needed to have been directed. And especially with the opposition to Uranus. Yeah. 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 And no. it probably yeah. Did, yeah. didn't get a good model. No. Yeah. Okay, so I needed to have another example because we still have time. So we do. So I am actually going to, um, let's see, stop the share. And um, I need to find another example, don't I? Oh, dear me. So I am going to do that. Any Any suggestions? Any anybody's chart that you would like to look at? I can't think off the top of my head. You were showing me one earlier that you've been. Watching. Well, that's true, but that's a client, and yeah, yeah, yeah. privacy does. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's let's go for a politician, and let's look at where is he? Our current prime minister. For Trudeau, why is he not under politics? I don't know, but we will just call him up. So this is—you got his number? Are you going to call him up? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that segue. That is very cute. Uh, hopefully, I spelled Trudeau correctly. Yes, I did. Okay, so there he is. Open. Chart. Okay. Open view. Alrighty. So let's change this. Oh, and on the air, this is just, I apologize, folks who are listening. But, you know, I'm human. I'm, you know, just being I think so. I thought you were Spokian. <laughs> you be nice, pal. Okay. Let's have a look and see what we can see. There is his chart in the background. There we go. So can you see Justin? I can see Justin, yes. You can see Justin. Okay, so I have my little stables, and this will probably run us out. So in theory, um, I will... The eclipse this month is going to hit his MC. 
Oh, it is. Yes, it is. Okay, so let's look at his ascendant. So it looks to me like he is, uh, it's Virgo rising, so he has uh, Mercury, Mercury, which is nice. His bounds are, um, he's got Virgo rising, so he, you know, we want to see that we've got a happy Mercury, which doesn't look too bad. But it's in the bounds of Mercury. So that's good. Uh, in terms of Deccans, it's the sun. Okay, so we hope that his sun is happy. <clears throat> and in terms of 12th parts, this is, uh, this is a Libra. So it's putting emphasis on the Venus. Now we come all the way down to um, the Mercury and Sag. So it is in the bounds of Venus. So again, we're going to hope that Venus is happy. Um, it's in, kind of in its full, of course. But. Yes, it is. Um, and which is kind of, we, we will realize that, <laughs> that Mercury in its fall actually does play in our, um, prime ministers, not in its best interest, but we'll, we'll come to that. Okay. Okay, so it is in the Deccan of, let's see, the moon. Okay, so the moon has to be happy uh, for his communication skills to work well. And it's in the 12th part of, this is Sag, of Mars. Okay, it's Aries. It's in the 12th part of Aries. Yeah. Ooh, and that's Mars and Pisces. Mars uh-huh. and Pisces in the very last degree. Uh-huh. Yeah, we- that, and that's a Saturn degree. So, oh dear, oh dear, he doesn't always say what he should say correctly. Well, that's kind of a Mercury in, in Sagittarius trait. Is, is yeah, like, foot and mouth disease. Foot and mouth disease. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. Definitely prone to that, and and with his Aries moon trining that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's he has his challenges. Okay, so the next piece is Jupiter, and Jupiter is at 21 of Sag. So 21 of Sag is Saturn. Yeah, that Saturn isn't entirely happy up there. Yeah, but we'll come to that. Okay, so it's in the bounds of Saturn. And it is in the same decan as Mercury, which is the moon. Okay, so impulsive. Yeah. Like, oh, no, that's not in the bounds of the moon. It's in the bounds of Saturn. So here we've got Saturn, Saturn. Yeah. And uh, 21 degrees of Sag is the 12th part of uh, Leo. So it takes us to the sun. All right, let's see if we have a happy sun. So we do have the sun is in the bounds of Mercury. Yeah, so it's in the bounds of Mercury. So now Mercury is in its fall, so oh well. <laughs> okay, in terms of Deccan. Yes, it is. It is. Um, and so it is in the Deccan of Jupiter. So Jupiter is actually happy where he is, um, but Jupiter in Sag is the kingly, generous, 
Yeah. Which he, you know, his sunny ways, that's Jupiter and Sag. Can be a little exaggeration. Yeah, over the top. Just a little. Just a little. Okay, so, um, yeah, and the first decan is, we've already said that is Jupiter. Okay, so its 12th part, three degrees, is Saturn. It's in the sign of Aquarius. Yeah. Okay, so now we come up to that Venus, which is in, okay, so Venus in Aquarius, it's in Mercury. So, again, we're back to that fallen Mercury. It's in the Deccan of Venus, so it's happy there. That helps. Um, and in terms of the 12th part, it is Aries. So, yeah. So we come up to Mars now, and the 29th degree is considered the amuretic degree, which is, yeah, it things are never happy in that 29th degree. Um, it's... I haven't heard a lot of, have you heard much rationale about that? But well, it tends, you know, Saturn, it's the Saturn. Um, bound. Saturn, yeah, Saturn's often associated with it somehow. Yeah, with the 29th degree. So, and in terms of the bounds, this is in Saturn. Um, and so, yeah, how well that Saturn is functioning. And we've heard Saturn mentioned a number of times now. Uh, now, in terms of the Deccan, this is the Deccan of Mars. Hmm. That's well, interesting. the interesting thing about Mars is if, you know, if he moved another, if he moved out yeah. of Pisces, he'd be squaring Sun and opposite Pluto. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure that's a good but... <laughs> Yeah, that might not have helped, but it would have been probably a better functioning Mars. That would yeah, be, some I guess. people will count the out of sign aspect and say that's T square, but yeah, darn close because he is in that last degree. I mean, even yes, degree from the end. So. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And in terms of the twelfth part, it's Aquarius, so it's taking us up to that Saturn in Gemini. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so now the moon, the moon is in Aries, not exactly a happy camper place for the moon. Uh, it is in, uh, let's see now, what's 12th part, 17 degrees of Aries is in Mercury, so we're back to that Mercury again. Mm. He will rise and fall from that Mercury. <laughs> Well, trying that Mercury too. As well, yeah. And, yeah. and opposing Uranus. Yes, yes. Okay. You're not counting Uranus, but it's a pretty close square, or opposition rather. Well, and it it does speak to his mom uh, being bipolar, which as a child would have been incredibly confusing. Well, and his own emotional, I mean, Mars in Aries, it's going to be a very hair-trigger kind of emotional. Yeah, and that also speaks to the fact that he lost a brother. Um, because it's ruled by Mars, and Mars is on the third house of siblings. Yeah, or rules the third house of siblings. Uh, He's had some difficult trials, definitely. Okay, so it's in, I think I already said it, uh, the bounds of Mercury. Now, in terms of decans, it is the sun's decan. Um, And that's, you know, 
So there's a natural square there. Um, and 12th part, 17 of Aries is Venus. So it takes us back to that Venus. Yeah. Okay, the Saturn. <laughs> Saturn Mercury. <laughs> Poor guy, and it's Saturn opposite Neptune. Oh, well, and, and being a Capricorn, Saturn is particularly important. Exactly, exactly. Um, and because this is a night chart, that Saturn is the molestic, not of the sect in favor. And so um, managing that is going to be exceptionally hard, and putting it up there at the top of the chart means we all get to see how well he does that. Yeah, it's part of the grand trying, too, and the outlet for it is Neptune. Yeah, which is sunny ways, need we say more. Um, and yeah, you know, it, deception, illusion. And yeah, not not even realizing that he's doing that is, no. like, is the impression I get. Okay, um, so. Probably more, may, may, be, maybe more exaggeration, but still. Exactly. So. Stretches the bounds too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so um, here it shows it's in Mercury. And um, in terms of the Deccan of Gemini, it is Jupiter again. Uh, and in terms of the, it's Pisces. No, not Pisces. What I mean, Gemini. Oh, it's in Gemini. So, yeah, uh, the first 2.5 degrees of any sign is the sign. Uh, yeah. And so it's, yeah. So in this guy's case, um, doing the deep dive just really points to his Achilles heel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in a big way. Well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this eclipse Yes. The 19th this month. Yeah. Yeah. Hitting that mid heaven. Yeah. Okay. I am just looking at the time and mine says 3.58. So I'm actually going to wrap this up. Hi. Yeah. So we did it. Yay. Thank you, Jill. Thank you, Jill. And to you, the audience that is listening to this recording, you have been listening to CJMP, 90.1 FM, Powell Rivers Community Radio Station. And we look forward to chatting astrology next week. And take care, everyone. Bye, Jill. Bye.